You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Let's get to it. Open your Bibles up to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, as we are in God's Word here in this series. And a reminder, shirts and and stickers and cards and, and even new handout today will explain. But now there's Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, open your Bible to Ephesians 6. If you don't have a Bible, ushers have Bibles. They would love to give you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible at home, please take that home with you. That is our gift to you. And, um, and so uh, we are going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 6 in a moment. And you at home as well have pen, have paper, have your notebooks ready to go as uh, we have notes for you to be taking. And I trust you're ready to do that here as well as we dig into God's Word. This is a time um, not just to sit idly by. This is learning time. This is time to get in the Word and to allow God's Word to change and transform us. And so... Uh, this morning, we uh, will look at this passage in a moment. And, and, and I, I'm sure that all of us can agree that having the right footwear, having the right shoes for the right occasion is important. And when it comes to shoes, I mean, there are, the options are endless, even today. The amount of shoes that I noticed, and, and, and when you preach on shoes, uh, you end up looking at people's shoes a little bit, and, and, and the options out there are endless. And I understand, even in recent years, the sales of men's footwear have gone through the roof and, and are now only a few billion dollars behind that of women. And, and so men are, are, are catching up in that area, and, and having the right footwear is important. And this weekend, for example, this weekend, not a good weekend for flip-flops. In fact, this weekend is one where the boots come out and, and a little warmer of shoes that we desire to wear. Right footwear is important, and, and apparently even preaching in the right kind of footwear is also important. I guess that's a thing now. Um, I, I follow on Instagram this one page, it's called Preachers in Sneakers, and, and, and what it does is apparently... Uh, preaching in expensive shoes can, can be a thing. And so this, this, this um, Instagram page highlights a megachurch pastor or wannabe megachurch pastor in his fancy uh, shoes. And then on the other side, they, they show the price of the shoes. And they all range for anywhere from hundreds of dollars into, uh, I think this one is $4,000. And so preaching in expensive shoes must be really important. Even for me today, I'm wearing a brand new pair. Last weekend we were in Calgary, bought a pair of Fancy new slap and kicks, yeah, uh, $41 because my son-in-law has a 30, had a 30% discount. Like, I mean, just, I mean, I'm ready to go here today. I mean, this is awesome, right? Yeah. Um, thank you, son-in-law, for that deal. And uh, he just, <laughs> just shot up in our, in our books on that one, I tell you. Uh, saved a lot of money with him. Uh, cost a lot of money, that guy, in the last number of months as well. But um, anyways, um, you know, shoes are important that we have, um, you know, and, and so it's important. Preachers have good shoes, soldiers, firefighters, athletes, nurses, um, uh, rock climbers, people walking, running, hiking, all these different things. And you need certain shoes for biking, you need for formal wear, uh, semi-formal events, all kinds of different shoes. And um, I, I like this new style of shoes. Maybe we should uh, hand these out on Sunday. My new social distancing shoes have arrived. Uh, good way to kind of keep people um, at bay a little bit, perhaps. Just, um, yeah, uh, anyways, uh, terrible. Um, so having the right footwear is important, and it's, it, it, and it's vital that we protect our feet. And, 
And uh, n- now it's amazing, like when it comes to footwear and, and feet, like I have some pretty wimpy feet. And some of you say, not surprised. Charlotte, on the other hand, she has like, she can walk on almost anything. It, it's crazy. And it, like in our yard, we have some uh, rock areas like this you see in the picture. And, and, uh, and, and Charlotte can just walk across those like a gazelle. Just, you know, just like float along like crazy. I mean, it, I mean it's no problem for her. For me, it even hurts my feet when I walk with knockoff Crocs, even wearing a pair of shoes. Let's see. Come on. Now, there we go. I mean, it, even at times, it's like, ah, that hurts to even walk on uh, because uh, those Crocs don't have, or fake Crocs don't have a lot of support to them, and it hurts the soles of my feet. And so, yeah, I can have kind of wimpy feet. And, and so having the right footwear for the right occasion is essential. And there are certain shoes, and and now get this, there are certain shoes that God wants us to wear, certain shoes that he's outfitted for us as his children. And so God's word um, is, 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 this is where we're going to dig into this this week. And in Ephesians chapter 6, it reminds us, uh, first of all, that we are in a spiritual battle. We've been going through Ephesians chapter 6, this armor of God. And and the Westminster Confession states this. You may want to write this down because it's a great reminder to us that the Christian is engaged in a continual, irreconcilable war. That is a reality, that is something that we are going to face as God's people until we take our last breath here from this earth, and finally, that spiritual battle will end in victory for the believer in Christ. And God's word tells us the battle is real, the tone is urgent. We mustn't be lulled, we mustn't be lured into thinking anything different. The battle is real, that we are at war, that there is a spiritual war, there is a fight taking place against, uh, with, with the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. And if you know Jesus Christ, if you know him as your Lord and your Savior, you are an automatic threat to the enemy. You just are. Our adversary, the devil, is real, and God's word tells us that, that he is scheming against our lives. He's scheming against our peace and our joy, our strength. He's scheming against our families, our marriages. He hates us wanting. Uh, he, he absolutely hates us, and he wants to derail us. He wants to rob us of our peace, of our joy, of our sleep, of our strength. And ultimately, what does Satan's plan include? Well, first of all, here's some things. These aren't going to be on the screen here. You might want to write this down as, as some of the, his first, uh, some of his objectives that he has. And, and, and the first one being, he wants to occupy our souls. He does. That's demon possession. And that happens today. People have turned and have given their lives, their souls over to Satan. And he has possessed them. For the believer in Jesus Christ, who has the Holy Spirit, He cannot be demon-possessed. But if he can't possess us, then the second thing that he would love to do is to own our souls. He would, first of all, like to occupy our souls. If he can't do that, he's going to try to own our souls. And and owning our souls um, happens um, automatically. I mean, when we are born, we are born with a sinful nature. Today, if you have not come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, the devil owns your soul. doesn't occupy it, but he owns your soul. And you see, there's no, no neutral or middle ground in this when it comes to your soul. Either you are, here, you are here today, either in the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom of Satan, or you are in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. There's no neutral. 
When you're driving a stick shift, there is that neutral setting. Even in your, you know, like, even in your automatic transmission, there's a neutral setting. When it comes to our souls, we're either in the kingdom of Satan or we are in the kingdom of God. No middle ground in that. It's like, eh, I'm kind of between the two. No, it's one or the other. Now, um, if he can't do either one of those because we are his children, because we have given our lives to him, He's going to try to do one other thing. If he cannot own our souls, he cannot occupy or occupy or own our souls, he's going to try to defile our soul. To defile our, our, our souls with, and, and, and fill our lives, our minds, our souls with filth, with sin, with fear, with uh, accusations, condemnation, telling us that we've lost our salvation. Brett touched on that last week all with a goal of hindering and and just weakening, diminishing our fellowship and our relationship with God and with those around us. He wants to make sure that our peace is disrupted, that we cannot experience the peace of God in our lives, that we have no joy, that we're rattled at all times, that we're fearful, that we cannot sleep, and, 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 and that life for us, Satan would love nothing more than for us to just see life as just one terrible experience after another. Some people, that, and even some even here today or watching online, that may be where you're at today, where it just seems like life lately just seems like one terrible, brutal, awful, ugly experience, one after another. Satan's winning when it comes to that. He wants to make sure our peace is disrupted. And perhaps today, it may feel like you or the enemy in these areas that he's winning. That, that the, the voices and, and everything going on, it just seems, I cannot get over, I cannot get through this. And God, though, has given us spiritual armor. That's why we are going, this, going through this one a uh, piece of armor at a time. He's given us six pieces. And the spiritual armor to prevent this from happening in our lives, from him being able to defile and ruin and, and have a, a heyday with our minds, with our souls. We've been given spiritual armor for this irreconcilable war, that we do not have to be beaten up. We do not have to be destroyed through this. And we've already looked at the belt of truth. We looked at that a number of weeks ago. That prepares me, it prepares us for battle. The breastplate of righteousness, it, it protects my heart, as we heard last week. And now this week, the gospel shoes that gives me peace in all situations. Gospel shoes that can give me peace in all situations. We're going to read in Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. And when we get to verse 14, the, the verses will be up on the screen. And just as we've been doing over the last number of weeks, going to have you stand up and we're going to declare the armor of God together. All right, so I'm going to start reading verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Now join me in standing, please. And let's read this together. Let's declare it together. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. 
in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Amen? Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Now, you can have the belt of truth on you. You can be wearing the breastplate of righteousness. You can have these fastened firmly on you, but they are not helpful. They are not helpful at all if you do not have the right footwear. It makes you still a prime target. You need to have proper footwear. And as we've been talking about proper footwear in life, spiritually, we need to have the the proper footwear as well. And so gospel shoes are vital. Again, I'm going to read from verse 15, our text today. And it says, And his shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Today, three reasons why we need to put on gospel shoes. I hope you write this down. Three reasons why we need to be putting on daily. We need to be putting on our gospel shoes that have been provided for us in Christ, shoes that Christ wore, shoes that we see as a gift and, and, and something for us as followers of Jesus Christ, as his children, as his disciples. First of all, gospel shoes prepares us for battle. They prepare us for battle. You see, in Paul's day, Roman soldiers would wear special kind of shoes or sandals for war. They were made with a thick leather sole with leather straps that would wrap around the ankles and oftentimes even wrap up just to below the knee. These were some very high-tech and some very important pieces of footwear. These shoes provided defensive protection to stand safely and securely, uh, securely offering uh, protection for the soles of the feet, but also it protected them from the traps that the enemy would put out. There would be spikes or nails or broken clay vessels, ancient version of landmines. And so you didn't want to be stepping on these things. And so having thick soles, having properly fitting footwear was vital. And as well, the shoes offered offensive traction because oftentimes what they ended up having were these little knobs in them, current version of spikes or, or, or cleats that we have today. And so when it comes to spiritual armor and the shoes that we are to wear, we are told to put on these gospel shoes. Now, the word gospel, what does it mean? We should know that. What does the word gospel mean? Good news. That's right. In short, the gospel is good news. And it is the best news ever. This is the gospel in a nutshell. Um, The gospel in a nutshell, this is what it will produce in our lives. It will produce a peace and a true, lasting peace in our lives. That's kind of the result of the gospel. There's so much more to it than that. And if you have received, if you've put on the gospel shoes of peace, it's life-changing. If you haven't, you're going to struggle. And first of all, if you've never put them on, meaning you've never received the gospel personally, you can do that today, and I trust that you would. Do you have gospel shoes today? Are they on your feet? And if so, are you walking in them? Are you using them? Are you tightening them up? Are you using them in, our, in, in your daily life? You see, gospel shoes are just not automatic. 
It's just not like, hey, I'm a believer in Christ, or, you know, they just kind of happen. I mean, they just don't automatically get thrown on your feet. Um, you just don't start wearing gospel shoes. No, um, you don't start wearing gospel shoes because you grew up in a Christian home and because you learned the verses and you went to Sunday school, you went to kids' programs, you went to a Christian school, you went to even a Bible college, whatever it might be. That doesn't mean that you start wearing gospel shoes automatically. Just because you grew up in a, in a Christian home or because you came to church today doesn't mean, okay, now I have gospel shoes on me because I came to church. Or you don't get gospel shoes simply from trying to live a little bit better or above average life than the average Canadian, or better than your neighbors, or better than your spouse, or better than other people. That's not how we get gospel shoes on, and, and, and that's not uh, it at all. We get the gospel shoes, we must understand by understanding the gospel, and the Bible tells us we've all sinned. Even one little sin alienates us from God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 tells us that we are at odds, we are at enmity with God. And whether this is an active resistance that we have, some people, you know how some people are just so defiant and they're so angry and they're just so anti-God, they're atheists, they're, you know, whatever they, they may be, and they're just an active resistance towards God. You probably know some people like that in your life, um, in society for sure, or a passive indifference. It doesn't matter. It's still enmity with God. And this is the way that, that we are uh, when we are born. That's our natural state. Our default setting is for us to be at odds with God. And there is only one way for that alienation to be reconciled. It is in and through Jesus Christ. And, and who is Jesus? God in the flesh, whose birth we're getting ready to celebrate, aren't we? That's a big deal. We're celebrating his birth, but, but more than that, we then celebrate what his birth means. And yet it was hundreds of years before his birth in Bethlehem that it was prophesied, it was predicted in the Bible that he would be born. Hundreds of prophecy about Jesus' life, his, about his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, written hundreds of years before. And in Isaiah chapter 6, we are told hundreds of years before Jesus was born, that this would be, he would be the prince of peace. Jesus came to this troubled earth. He lived that perfect life that you and I could never live. He died in our place for our sin. He was the perfect, the complete sacrifice, taking the punishment and the sin, the wrath that we so deserved, and he conquered sin and death when he rose in victory three days later. And when we believe this and receive this personally, what Jesus has done, we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. This isn't about just, okay, just praying this little prayer. It's surrendering our lives to him as Savior and Lord. And, and this means we're desiring to turn away from our old ways, from our own ways, from the temptations that we are facing. We're making war on our sin. And we, we, we determine in God's help through the power of the Holy Spirit to follow his ways uh, as outlined in the word of God. When we do that, the Prince of Peace enters into our life, a gift from us. Gospel shoes of peace get placed on us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says. Since we have been justified, so if we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we have been justified. We have been declared innocent of any and all sin, past, present, future. And it says we have been justified by faith. How does that happen? By faith, by believing God and his word, what Jesus Christ has done. What does it then say? We then have peace 
with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, For he himself, talking about Jesus, he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So that enmity that we were born with, that enmity that we have automatically because of our sinful nature, and because it doesn't take very long even for the cutest little newborn to sin, and, and to cry out, and the first word they usually always learn in defiance is? No, yes, you, you know that, don't you? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so because of that, when he, he breaks down the, those walls that have divided us, and he becomes our peace. Jesus made peace with God by his death. His shed blood, his broken body on our behalf as we'll get ready to celebrate and remember and declare a little later on this morning. And so the good news of the gospel of peace is that we can have peace with God, which makes it then possible, because we have peace with God, it makes it possible for us to experience the peace of God in our lives. Gospel shoes is about, first of all, our standing with God, having peace with God through Jesus Christ as we've been talking about. And that can give us a stability and a confidence and a protection to face and defend whatever it is that comes our way. We have it. It's available to us. Second of all, gospel shoes. They promise peace in every situation. God's peace is promised in every situation that we face. You say, really? Every situation? Yes, because it's not a human peace. It's a supernatural peace that is available for every child of God. Listen to what Jesus promised his disciples, his followers. He promises you and me. He promised this before his crucifixion. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. But here's the thing. We have the offer of his peace, divine, supernatural peace in our lives. And yet, how many of us as God's children aren't? We have peace with God, but we're not experiencing the peace of God in our lives. So many of us have that peace positionally with God. We have that right standing. We have salvation. The enmity, that chasm has been removed. But we're losing the peace battle within our hearts, within our lives, within our relationships. We're troubled. We're afraid. We're angry. We're ticked off. It's not the peace of God that we're experiencing. And oh, how we need gospel peace in our lives daily, don't we? We need it hourly. We need it moment by moment. And let's face it, we all want peace. We just want to have some peace. At times, it's just, I just want some peace and quiet. I just want to have peace. And you can have it quiet and still not be at peace because of the craziness and the, 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 the words and the thoughts and the accusations going on. Or you see what's happening in the world, and even though it's quiet right around you right now, but you see and know what's happening in the world, and there is no peace. We need this peace. We all want it. School teachers, doctors, parents, teenagers, students, referees, mechanics, medical workers, police, tradespeople, business owners, even accountants who are pretty like, 
people, like, I mean, just stable, not, not slamming them fully, um, you know, like, they're even wanting peace, right? Like, you just kind of think, like, these, you know, I, I better stop about accountants, great people, love them, appreciate them. Even accountants want and need peace. Drug addicts and alcoholics and convicted criminals all want peace. We all want, we desire this, but let's face it, we all have these thieves. We have peace thieves that are coming to rob and to steal it from us. And whether it's, it's in the things that are happening around us, in our family, in our relationships, in the politics, COVID, mandates, uncertainty of the future, financial or health struggles and stresses and concerns, untimely accidents, even the death of loved ones, all of these things have the opportunity and oftentimes do rob us of peace. They're very good thieves and they steal that peace from us, the peace that God promises, that peace that God wants to gift to us daily, hourly, moment by moment. We're robbed of it. And the lack of peace comes from within. Those voices, the replay on, on, on auto replay in our lives of those conversations, the things we've done, things we've said, things that others have done, things that others have said. Those movies, those thoughts, those recordings just play constantly on auto repeat. Inner thoughts and sin that steal our peace and end up affecting everything around us, taking a toll on us, causing us to be weary and tired and angry and snappy and, 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 and that with those around us. Whether it's internally or whether it's because of the outward pressures and stress that we're facing. I wonder this week how many of us tossed and turned in our beds through the night or were consumed over all that has, is, or might happen. If we were to ask people to raise their hands, to be honest in that area, how many of you have been tossing and turning? This past week, just hearing of many of God's people who aren't sleeping at night. So I'm saying I just get a couple hours and it's such hindered sleep when I do fall asleep. Psalm 91 talks about the terrors of the night or the arrows that fly by day. And some of you might say, no, I'm sleeping fine, but you're having the arrows that are flying by day. Others of you are saying, no, I'm okay during the day, but it's the terrors of the night. And yet Psalm 127, you can go to the bank on this, folks. Psalm 127, we're reminded that God desires to give his children sleep. You need to know that. That's a promise we need to claim in our lives. And we need to put that to the test and ask God for that and pursue that nightly. Psalm 127, that he does that. Read the whole psalm, it's amazing. And this is where and why we need the gospel shoes of peace. We need to put them on initially and daily by first receiving the gospel, but then by continually preaching the gospel. First of all, to ourselves, because we, we tend to forget it. We need to be preaching, speaking, reminding ourselves of the gospel that in and because of Christ, we are chosen. We are loved. We are valued. We are accepted. We are forgiven of any and all sin. We are children of the most high God. We are new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. That nothing can separate us from the love of God. That is positional peace with God, and we need to continue to remember and rehearse and preach that to us when the enemy comes with condemnation and guilt and fear. 
And daily, we need to confess to God that we are not trusting Him as we should. And, and, and maybe some days you have knock-it-out days where it's just like you and God, and it's just trusting and believing and resting in His promises, and it's just clear sailing. Enjoy that, because like clear sailing, clear days in the Okanagan winter, not going to happen very often, is it? The reality is, is that the clear sailing isn't always there, but we need, but the gospel is, the gospel of peace is, and we so easily allow fear and the lies of the enemy, the concerns of everything that's happened in the past or everything going on now or what might come in the future, it's paralyzing and defeating us. And God's word says, whatever is of not of, what is not of faith and what is, not of, what is of fear is sin. And so when we're living with, without God's peace in our lives, when we're living in fear and anxiety, we first of all need to confess that that's sin. That is sin before God because we're not trusting him. We're not resting. We're not claiming his promises and walking in the victory that he offers. And so we must confess that and, 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 and not allowing then the enemy to penetrate with our thoughts in that way. But if there's hidden sin in our lives, unconfessed sins, areas of disobedience to God's word, we're not going to experience the peace of God. King David wrote in Psalm 32, he wrote that uh, about the experience when he was living in disobedience, when he was living in hidden, unconfessed sin. And he, 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 he talked about the heaviness that was on him day and night. You know, he wasn't sleeping. And he even says that his bones were like wasting away, that it affects us physically. But then Psalm 51 is the story of his confession. And when he confessed his sin first and foremost to God and made things right, the peace, the joy, the victory returned. Psalm 32, Psalm 51, important psalms of remembrance and that we can learn from. And so daily confessing and repenting, keeping that fellowship with God in check in our lives is vital to wearing daily the gospel shoes to be able to withstand what we are facing. But there is still the daily stuff that happens. And it seems like in these days there can be a lot that is taking place. And that's why it's vital that we remember and we recall and we rehearse the gospel daily in our lives, putting on that belt of truth, wrapping it around our waist, putting on that breastplate of righteousness, and putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace. And you know what? Like our phones can be amazing things, and most people these days seem to have smartphones. And even if you don't, you have journals and, and, and you can have journals or different things, places where you write things down. I have one section in my notes. You probably can't see it from here. Maybe on t online you can. But it says battle verses. And these are, are scripture verses. You can see like just various verses that I have on there. And I continue to keep adding different verses to this because, you know what, we can sit and we scroll through so many social media, news things, and whatever. What about taking time and putting God's word onto, into our notes or you know, scrolling certain areas that, um, from God's word, reading God's word? Here's some of them that just this past week, so important for God's peace in my own life. But now thus saith the Lord, this is Isaiah 51, he who created, Isaiah 43, um, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. 
You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you go pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We need to be preaching and rehearsing and reading and reminding ourselves these truths from God Himself, the God of this universe. And, and there's other passages in here that are so vital. Isaiah 26, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. He can hold us in perfect peace no matter what is we are going through in our lives. His peace, not as the world knows, as Jesus says. And, and what does it say? Because he trusts in you. You keep him. You keep her. You keep that child, you keep that teenager, you keep that senior, you keep that middle-aged, wherever you fit in this, he will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because we trust in him. And then listen to Philippians 4.7. That's a little further down in my battle verses. Philippians 4.7, it tells us, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard means garrison, meaning he's placing soldiers around our lives, soldiers, angels around us to protect us and to fight for us, to guard the peace of God in our lives, in our minds. Loved ones, we need to know and we need to learn, and we need to cling, we need to focus on and rehearse the gospel. What Christ has done for us, the standing that we now have because of that. That we can experience peace with God, we can also experience peace within ourselves, and even peace with even some of the most difficult people in our lives. And peace even though the most difficult, frustrating people come along and say and do their things, we can experience God's peace. And that peace will guard garrison our lives. Last Sunday afternoon, we were driving home from Calgary spending, from spending some time with our kids and the roads and, and detours were just not a lot of fun. I think it took us 10 hours each time that we traveled. And, and on the way home, we left after church. We were at Redemption Calgary North. Great to visit with them last Sunday. And, uh, and, and as we were driving home on satellite radio, I was listening to the Ryder playoff game. My Saskatchewan Rough Riders are playing playoffs against the dreaded Calgary Stampeders. But quite honestly, true confession, I had to keep switching stations because I was getting so frustrated with my team in some of the boneheaded plays they were making or the way that refs were botching it. And Charles was like, how come you're not listening? And I'm like, because they're stinking right now. You know, and, and, uh, you know, and then I check back. It's just kind of like, you know, like, am I a sucker for punishment? Like, oh, they're doing not too bad. Oh, oh, they're losing. And so I go listen again, and then they start stinking again. So I change the station. Like, I know you might want to call me part-time fan, but I just, it was robbing me of my peace. Like, you think a stinking football game. Yes, even little things like that. Like, Ugh! Maybe even made me a little more aggressive in my driving, passing those semi-truck drivers or whatever it might be. Well, at one point, we were then halted on the Rogers Pass. There was um, just black ice and on a hill and a curve, and they were taking one car at a time. So we had this long wait. 
but the timing was perfect. The game was going into overtime. The last two minutes of the game, and it was going into overtime. We had cell reception. So I think we have, yeah, th- there I was on my phone, on the iPad. I had, it was Bluetooth through the surround sound in the speaker watching in HD. It could, and then my team won. They won in overtime. It was amazing. Like, it was like, yes. And, and, and continued to drive home. My team won. Well, I also had recorded the game on our PVR. And Tuesday night, I was home alone. Charlotte was out. And so I was doing some, installing some accent lights in our kitchen. And so you know what I did? I had the football game on. And you know what? That same game that was driving me nuts and was causing me so much consternation because of the botched calls and because of the silly plays that were being called and the arrogant stampeders, it was just like as I was installing and kept watching, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that happened. And that was, but we won. We won, baby. We won. Like, this, life is good. And, uh, and, and, and so all of that junk was going on because I knew at the very end we won. Child of God today. What is going on right now? The botch calls going on in politics. The botch calls going on in our lives. The mess-ups, the failures, the dumb plays that we call and make in our lives and mistakes and different things like that or that other people do. You're like, what are they thinking? Folks, in, in, no matter what, illness, financial struggles, all of these different things, child of God, in the end, we win. We are on, read your Bible. We win. Life ends here on this earth. We get a serious upgrade. Serious upgrade. Beyond five stars. We're in the stars, in the cloud, with our King of Kings. And one day God will have the final say in all matters. We win. And yet sadly today, we are focused on so many other gospels rather than the gospel of peace. We're focused on the prosperity money gospel. And believe it or not, any of us living in North America, we're buying into that because we have this little kind of uh, self-righteous and entitled attitude that God owes me. God owes me like lots of good stuff. If I do this and this, God's just going to come through every time. My prayer's going to be answered. My finances are good. My health's going to be good. We're buying into this. The only thing God promises us is, is, is hell. That is really what he promises us unless we have Jesus and anything above more than Jesus, which you can't get any better, is just an added bonus and blessing in our lives. And so we buy into this prosperity, God owes me gospel. The politics or anti-politics gospel or the masking or the unmasking gospel. We're making our lives over these things. When we got the notice the other, on, on Tuesday afternoon that, that restrictions were changing, it was like, oh, here we go again. It's like, you know what? The mission marches on. God's word goes forth. He's building his church. And, and yes, we can be frustrated, and yes, we can make turns, and we're thankful for those who have helped to make some of those turns and different things. There's the vax or the unvax gospel that we are believing in putting a lot more time into today than the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's the gospel of reputation and our pride and, and, and what others think about us. And we're buying into that kind of a gospel. So many false gospels leading God's people astray. And let me say this, and this is so important. Part of wearing the shoes of peace means that we are going to have to accept things from God that aren't easy. We're going to accept trials, difficulty. This bill that passed in the House of Commons unanimously means that some of us could be going to jail for what we say when it, it, it goes against people's human rights, when we preach the gospel, when we speak the gospel, counsel with the gospel. Gospel peace is not always a dry-eyed peace. It's a peace that is mingled at times with tears. It's not a plastic peace 
when, where you deny what is going on and just pretend and just like a zombie and say, oh, things are going to get better. I'm going to trust God. No. Gospel peace is a peace compatible when the diagnosis isn't good, when a child rebels, when a marriage struggles, even breaks. It is a peace that is compatible at a funeral. It's a peace that is compatible with tears and heartbreak. It's a peace that is compatible with questions, even anger that we may have towards God. Think about how many of the Psalms are laments. Where are you, God? What are you doing, God? Last weekend, as I mentioned, we were in Calgary visiting our kids. We also got to spend some time with Toby, our son-in-law, with his family. As many of you may know that Toby's dad, Conrad, had been battling an aggressive form of cancer the last few months. And a few weeks ago, as things were looking more serious, he told his family, he says, I have peace. I have peace with God. And I want to be a testimony here in the hospital to the doctors and to the medical staff. He was broken up that he wouldn't be there for his kids and his future grandkids. And on Thursday night, the day before Toby's 23rd birthday, he went home to be with Jesus. Far too young, we would think. In God's timing, just at the right time. And walking with your daughter and your new son-in-law through grief like this, it's hard. But Conrad had made peace with God, making him his Lord and Savior. And his life was a demonstration of that commitment. Is your life a demonstration of the commitment of gospel shoes, of the gospel of peace? Or is your life a demonstration of so many other things? And this gospel of God, even through the valley of the shadow of death, and even now as he's three days into dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. But now gospel peace and God's presence is needed for the family, and we already covet your prayers, continued prayers for them. Gospel shoes promises God's peace in any and all situations. And then we also see here, thirdly and finally, the gospel is our proclamation to the world. Gospel shoes becomes the proclamation to the world. Notice verse 15, it says, put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Our proclamation in and above anything else is the gospel of peace. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us, always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks for the reason of your hope. How can you have peace? How can you have hope in the midst of this? Jesus Christ, here's what he's done. Gospel shoes does not just, don't just only protect us, but it causes us to advance with mobility and agility to advance with the gospel. Notice these cards that you had on your seats. Again, hope you didn't sit on them. Hope you take them. There's probably four or five or six, depending how many you got, luck of the draw on, on this. And, and there's, we ordered hundreds of these. Have these near to you. Get to know this. This is the gospel. First side, just first of all, a little information about our church. The good news of the gospel. Turn it over to the other side. You see what it is here? Get to know this. Let's get it up here. Here we go. And, and, and to learn these four points so we can advance with the gospel. Be ready to share this with a neighbor, a coworker, a friend. 
to your own self, rehearse, remember the gospel, look up these scripture verses. First of all, God is holy. I am sinful. Jesus is a savior. I must respond. How does a person respond? By admitting, by believing, by confessing Jesus Christ. And, and, and just, this is the simple gospel. But this is how gospel shoes, the gospel of peace is given out as we share how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. We need to be gospel ready. Look at this picture from a firefighter in our church. If you could throw that picture up there, Melissa. And, and this is a firefighter. I mean, they're walking around the fire hall. They're in bed. Uh, if they're on the night shift, they're having a snooze, whatever. They're not wearing these big boots. But these boots and pants are ready at a moment's notice. As soon as that alarm goes off, they're running. They're, getting, they're just slipping into those boots, pulling up their pants, putting up the, uh, the, the, the whatever you call it, uh, around their shoulders. Suspenders, there we go. And they're ready to go in the same way. Hey, we got to be ready with the gospel on our lips, the love of God in our hearts. And we can do this. We can have this. And, and again, if you're at home and you want some of these, you're not able to stop by the church office, or we'd love to mail these out to you. How many ever you want, we'd love to share them. Get them out there. This is why on December 23rd, we desire to do this outreach, why we want to get the gospel out there to people. Um, and, and, and in our neighborhoods, in our community, invite them to come. Think of the dozens, the hundreds of people in our lives, the thousands in our city, the millions in our nation that are being ravaged by fear and confusion with no hope. And for so many, if they were to die today, they would go straight to hell. The gospel is our offensive weapon to take back enemy territory, to see the lost saved, to see them discipled and matured. People of all ages have been kidnapped brainwashed by worldly satanic forces and deceptions and philosophies. And we are to be on a mission, a gospel mission, to see these people snatched from the flames of hell and brought into the kingdom of God. And this can only happen as we advance with the gospel of peace. The gospel is our proclamation. The devil wants us off mission, distracted, worried, spiritually seeking, uh, sleeping, and physically unable to, to sleep. He wants to rob us of all of those things and to see us distracted and worried. He wants us to be so amped up and so distracted by the cares and the thoughts and the politics of this world rather than by the reality that people are dying all around us. The gospel needs to go out. We are looking at doing this event on December 23rd, hoping, trusting, praying for gospel opportunities. Brett said earlier, hey, what we're going to do, we're going to have various stations that people are going to come to, and a bunch of them, they're going to hear the gospel shared within minutes. Kids, grown-ups, and have a great time together, but also be able to have this, this festival. But it's only going to happen, as, as he said, unless we get 25 people signed up by Wednesday on the online connection card, it's just not going to happen. We can't do it. We can't put on a quality and a safe program for our people. We need you to roll up your sleeves and not say, oh, I'll probably help out. No, you need to commit to know if we progress in this or not. And, and, and what an opportunity to say, well, I have a lot of, you know, December 23rd. This is the gospel. This is a great opportunity to roll up your sleeves and be part of kingdom work. And the reason why we are doing it is the same reason we gather here on Sundays. We put it on the online lobby this morning as a reminder that all ages may have a direct encounter with the living God through his word by the Holy Spirit in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So that unbelieving people, half-hearted, half-committed, follow half-committed people might become committed followers, disciples of Jesus Christ, and experience gospel peace initially and daily in their lives. We need to keep the gospel of peace close to our hearts and always on our lips to those around us. 
in a few moments as we, the worship team is coming up and we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together as we respond in worship, as we take time to remember the love, the sacrifice that Christ has made for us. How we can have this gospel peace. But before we do that, before you come up and, and, and uh, what you'll do is you'll take both cups that will be placed on the table by a communion server. And if we could get some rubber gloves here too for the servers, that would be great. And, um, and, and take the cups back to your seats and just hold on to it. We're going to partake together. And so, but before you even do that, or as you're holding on to that cup, as, uh, holding on to those two cups with the cracker underneath and the juice on the top, um, take time to commit, recommit your life to Jesus Christ, to declare those areas and ask for forgiveness where there is no peace, where we're not allowing God's peace to enter our lives. Confess where we've lost touch of the gospel. And as the band leads us in this, we'll then partake together. And so God, even now as we prepare to remember your love, your sacrifice for us, God would you do a good work in us. Would you do that good work through us? Would gospel peace be restored from the thief, taken away from the thieves that have been stealing it from us? For those who maybe aren't in Christ today, today would be the day of salvation where they say, yes, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. And that all of us would not just simply enjoy, which is amazing, the peace of God in our lives, but we would have the peace um, daily, hourly, moment by moment, we need that, Lord Jesus. And so even now, would we declare, even when it's hard, when it's difficult, would we declare that you are the rock of our salvation? As we sing, as we declare our hearts here today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together, and when you're ready to come, and then we'll partake I'm together. Shaken. When I am lost You're always waiting Here at the cross And in every shadow You never change Christ my foundation again and again my life is built forever in you Jesus faith for one you're strong when I am weak you are my you're the rock I'm standing on Lord I will trust you don't let me fall cause you are my lifeline my savior my all my life is built 
forever in you, Jesus, faithful one. You're strong when I am weak, you are my own. You're the rock I'm standing on. My life is built forever in you, Jesus, faithful one. You're strong when I am weak, you are my Spoken, the hands that held creation wrapped around my heart. For a day had broken, you set your love in motion. Forever you are faithful, Jesus, you are faithful, Jesus, you are faithful. The rock of our salvation. My life is built forever in you, Jesus, faithful one. You're strong when I am weak, you are my God's people here today watching online. Many of us are in the battle and we don't have the shoes on or we don't have them properly placed on us and we're getting pretty beat up. And we need to get our eyes, we need to get our focus, we need to get our minds and our hearts back on Jesus, on the gospel of peace. And the bread, the second on the bottom cup, you can get that ready, is a reminder. It's back to the very beginning of what Jesus Christ did for us in offering his body as a sacrifice so that we could experience his peace in our lives. Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he, when he had given thanks, he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. cup is a reminder of his blood, his life poured out for us, dying in our place. And in the same way after supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this cup and eat this bread, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's partake together. God, again, 
right back the very basics. Would we receive your love, your mercy, your grace into our lives yet again? We need this daily. We're reminded of your great love for us and that then you deposit in our lives gospel shoes. The peace of God that passeth all understanding will garrison, will guard our lives, our minds, our relationships in Christ Jesus. May we move and advance this week for gospel reasons and gospel purposes because the gospel is coming alive daily in our lives. We're experiencing your peace. I pray for each one. No matter the battle, the struggle, God, we run to you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. And because of this, then, we have a message. Help us to declare this message of truth to those around us this day, we pray. In the weeks ahead, on uh, this Christmas season, may we take advantage of gospel opportunities. May the gospel quickly and eagerly be on our lips and your love deeply in our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're going to close as we end the service. This is the You Are Love time, but then you're going to lead us and go tell on the mountain. Is they're heading out of here? Is they're getting your kids? Go get getting your kids right kids. away, parents. Go get your kids. And you can exit out um, this way. It's a beautiful day. Talk in the parking lot as we get ready for service number two. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you. And remember, you are loved.